Kira. It's Friday, 1st of November, 2019, and welcome to the Week in Tax. I'm Terry Boucher, Taxpert and Director of Boucher Consulting Limited, a tax consultancy helping optimize tax for small businesses, individuals with overseas investments, and other professionals. This week, Inland Revenue comes knocking. Using technology to deal with the hidden economy and no taxation without representation? Not if you're not living in America. This week, Inland Revenue announced that its staff had searched several Queenstown businesses and made unannounced visits to others as part of a current campaign against the hidden economy, targeting the hospitality sector in particular. You'll recall last week when I was discussing the Inland Revenue's annual report, we raised the question of how much work was going into the hidden economy. And in a Herald report uh, report on Wednesday, I discussed that at more length and raised concerns about exactly how Inland Revenue was performing in this area and whether, in fact, it had allowed itself to get distracted because of business transformation. So this this response shows what I also said, that it's likely now that Inland Revenue will now the main part of business transformation is over. Inland Revenue's investigation staff will start to uh, increase their activities in the hidden economy and across the the rest of um, the economy. Yeah. And it's worth actually looking at that back to see how in track Inland Revenue's performance over the past eight or so years. The annual reports are, as I mentioned, a treasure trove of information in this regard. All we can see is that in the year to June 2012, uh, Inland Revenue identified $48 million of discrepancies in relation to the hidden economy. And it, it, the similar numbers of tax of hit, relating to the hidden economy were reported for 2013 and 2014. But in 2015, um, as a result of some in budget initiatives, the amount of hit tax recovered from the hidden economy jumped to $146 million um, and stayed roughly at that same level for 2016, 2017 and 2018. In fact, the $109 million reported for the 2019 year is the lowest amount reported since 2014. And that perhaps suggests, as I said, that inland revenue was a little distracted in its dealing with um, the hidden economy. The actual overall discrepancies that are reported are also interesting reading. Now, what it is, quite apart from targeting the hidden economy, as I mentioned last week, there's also work that's done in the um, property sector, Brightline Test, and before that, before the Brightline Test was introduced, it was always for looking at people who are now subject to what is the Brightline Test. And those numbers are reasonably constant looking back over the same period of time. In in 2012, they identified 1.2 billion in ordered discrepancies. That was actually down from the 1.4 billion in the 2011 year. Again, in 2013 and 2014, it was about 1.2 billion. And the 2014 year also included um, what is known as the uh, optional convertible notes issue, where Alesco, amongst other companies, um, agreed that they were up for tax discrepancies totaling $355.8 million. Again, 2015, 2016, both 1.2 billion. 2017, total was 1.3 billion. 
uh, and 2018 it fell to just over 1.1 uh, billion, and then this year, June 19, it was just under 1 billion dollars. So there's been a slight downward trend in in recent uh, years, and that could be um, a combination of a couple of things. Inland revenue. Um, has had a big shakeup of its investigation staff and some very experienced investigators have left. At the same time, the, the work that it did in previous investigations and changes around um, taxing contractors, withholding payments to being made to contractors, for example, may mean that previously non-compliant activity is now within the net. So as part of the baseline of tax that's collected is higher because of previous um, audit activities. Nevertheless, it would be interesting to see what the turn, uh, turnout is for the 2020 year and going forward. There is inland revenue investigating staff were, were taken away from their work and put on to answer phones during the peak period of uh, April through to mid uh, through to uh, early July, and that definitely had an, uh, an impact on its audit activity. We noticed here in our practice, and other tax agents said the same, that there was a, a lack of work on investigations. But now, um, certainly since the beginning of September, we've seen no investigation work resume. So, watch this space is is my wording and. As I said last week, you can expect inland revenue staff to have paid a visit to your hospitality sector. In particular, it's a common tactic for them to sit in, watch to see how the operation operates, so to speak, and then use that information as part of an investigation. Dealing with the hidden economy is a worldwide problem. And there have been some interesting inter uh, technological solutions proposed to this. In Sweden, for example, the Swedish tax authorities um, have implemented a, a program where tax term their cash terminals are linked to a central registry, <coughs> which makes it very, very difficult to um, for people to try and use cash to get around the ringing up the till and not putting the cash in. How many times have you seen that? And so Sweden, that was combined with a campaign by the Swedish tax authorities of um, also um, uh, encouraging people to get receipts for everyone whenever they used um, a dairy or the equivalent of a dairy and uh, just a general clampdown in tax, tax avoidance. And it, it was highly successful. It also came at a time, and I mentioned this in, when I was speaking to Harold, at a time when they really decided the because of the uh, greater use of electronic cards, um, the Swiss, uh, Swedish, basically have now marginalised the use of cash. And in some cases, I'm hearing reports, if you go to Sweden, you actually now pay a surcharge for using cash rather than uh, some form of electronic um, um, card. In Sweden, for example, since 2010, just picking up on this, 135,000 cash registers are, are now uh, connected to a fiscal control unit. And they estimate that as a result, they've got an extra 300 million euros per annum since that legislation was introduced. Um, in Quebec, in Canada, the time ordered, used required to order a restaurant used to take according to the Canadian Revenue Authority, 70 hours. But after a, an introduction of a sales recording module, it now takes three hours. 
and that's by the way the tax authority in Ca- in Quebec now increased the number of inspections from 120 to 8,000 per year um, so that's what electronically what's going on around the world now interestingly Inland Revenue, to me, seems to have perhaps fallen off the pace on this, or, because this stuff was discussed, I, re- I recall discussing this with Inland Revenue back in 2013, um, as part of a, a conference on tax evasion, international conference on tax evasion with other tax authorities. Um, and so, it, you know, I expect Inland Revenue perhaps to pick up these points of seeing what's going on around the world, and then now in adopting what you might call a fast follower approach, look to see, to encourage the use of electronic um, tills linked to a fiscal equivalent, what they call a fiscal control unit. Moving on. <clears throat> a trigger for the American War of Independence was when Britain said to the American colonies, you know that big old war we just fought to kick the cheese-eating surrender monkeys out? Be nice if you help pay for that. Well, words to that effect. And no taxation without representation was the response and then it all kicked off after a tea party went tragically wrong when someone played Nickelback instead of Boston. I think that's the history. Probably a Donald Trump version. Anyway, nearly 250 years on, America's quite happy to tax people without representation. And I encountered a situation earlier this week which has potentially large consequences for a more significant number of um, Kiwis than you might think. America... Is has an estate tax. You have, you've heard me talk before about the UK inheritance tax. And it generally applies to US citizens and uh, who res- and residents with estates worth over 11.2 million US dollars. But if you're neither an American citizen nor a resident in the United States, um, a so-called non-resident alien in US terminology, then you are subject to the estate tax on all assets situated in the U.S. worth more than 60,000 U.S. dollars. Just 60,000. And the estate tax starts on assets uh, are, are at 18% and then rises very quickly to 30% on a net estate of maybe 160,000 U.S. before reaching a maximum of 40%. So people who have, to confirm this, people who have assets in the United States, so-called U.S. situated property, um, are subject to an, uh, to estate tax. So this is a, a key warning, and it kicks in at, at $60,000. So don't be fooled, as I was when I first looked at it, that because the, the general estate tax uh, doesn't kick in until the estate is worth more than 11.2 million U.S., don't be fooled by that. It, uh, the, the, the threshold is incredibly low and hasn't been raised for some time. And I suspect that the, num- the couple of people I've encountered this week where this has become an issue are just the tip of a very big iceberg. So that's it for the week in tax. I'm Terry Boucher, and you can find this podcast on my website, www.boucher.tax, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please send me your feedback and tell your friends and clients. Until next time, have a great week. Kakitiano.